Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining today. We're just getting some uh, administrative stuff going before we get the show underway. But thank you for joining. Now I get it. Can you can oh, can you hear me? There now? we go. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Perfect. All right. It seems we've got Sean and Jeff on board. So I think we'll get started here. Thank you, everybody, for joining uh, today's Tunnel Club. Uh, Toronto FC home opener review. Uh, look, the, the fireworks and the balloons in an expectant crowd welcome TFC home after two years without a full BMO field. But the balloons soon popped and the air went out at BMO after a bad 4-1 defeat uh, to New York Red Bulls uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, I'm Mike Newell. You can follow me at Football Saves. Um, joining me uh, this afternoon to chat about uh, the game uh, are Sean. Uh, you can follow him at Sean Anthony Levy and Jeffrey P. Nesker. You can follow him at Jeffrey P. Nesker. Guys, thanks for joining today. Um, a lot to talk about um, after this 4-1 defeat, but um, wanted to get your thoughts on uh, just the game before we go into the recap and sort of your overall thoughts. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. Okay, uh, my first thought is how many of us of the three are cracking a beer right now? Is it just me? <laughs> or, or... <laughs> Please don't tell me it's just me. Uh, I, I have thoughts, guys. I mean, listen, I, I looked, I, I went to the trouble of looking at uh, uh, the 2017 season of which all TFC seasons will be measured against. And uh, we opened that season with a nil-nil draw. Uh, away at Sandy Utah, Sandy Utah, Utah, <laughs> Utah, Utah, Lake, and then uh, a two-two draw to the Philadelphia Union away. Um, I don't think that it's as bad as some of the hot takes are making it out to be, uh, and there the the internet is replete with some hot takes right now. But I don't think it's as good as we expected. So uh, I I think alarm bells are ringing. But how much of this is PTSD over the last uh, season, the last two seasons, essentially, and how much of this is, is actually uh, uh, worthwhile, I think, is my goal today to find out. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of our, our listeners' thoughts today because um, we'd love to hear sort of what you saw, whether you were at BMO Field yesterday um, or whether you were watching at home. Uh, we definitely would love to get your thoughts on what happened. I mean, my overall thoughts here are just generally, um, you know, for one loss is never a great thing. You never want to nope. uh, lose your home opener for one. There were positives. There are a lot um, of things that this team needs to work on. Um, mm -hmm. And indefinitely, Bob Bradley sort of alluded to that in his post-game uh, post press conference. Um, but Sean... Uh, we got you on now. Um, just want to get your just your thoughts um, before we just go into a, a really quick recap of the game itself. John, did you just crack a beer, or was that like an Arizona iced tea? Um, no, that was just the background noise. I have the window oh, open, man. so you can hear a little bit of beer. <laughs> I haven't cracked any alcohol yet. I'm going on the road this afternoon, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm being a good boy so yeah. far. Um, I guess, you know, I think like everyone else, after the game, I was frustrated. I was angry. It was not a very good performance, but I kind of decided, you know what, I'm not going to go home. And um, I kind of avoided Twitter last night after the game because I didn't need to see all of the meltdowns and all the angry tweets. Um, and I decided not to be overly uh, critical of the team. It was a bad game, mm -hmm. but it's only the second game of the season. 
And for all the disappointing things we saw out of yesterday, there were still some bright spots. You know, for me, Luca Petrasso was was the biggest of the bright spots for me. Um, his performance from start to finish was um, man of the match worthy from a TFC perspective. Um, but there's definitely areas of concern, um, specifically, I think, the left um, fullback position. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely want to hear more what everyone else thought, all the fans, what you guys, you know, what, what you saw yesterday. And let's not, I guess, get too negative on it um, because, again, it's only the second game of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, let, let's really go into a quick recap here of sort of the overall scoreline. Look, it's uh, it, it's ended up 4-1. You know, I thought TFC were pretty positive in the first sort of 10 to 15 minutes being able to connect. Um, but, you know, it, it quickly became sort of a, a, a classic Red Bull game um, where, you know, you you got hit on the counter. Um, Lewis Morgan scores the opener um, off a uh, off a slight turnover and, and some really just great combination play at the top and it was a great finish right you can't each of one of Morgan's uh, finishes were were pretty good well, finishes two of them were um, so it was actually only- yeah exactly one one in the top corner sort of one in the bottom corner for the second goal again off uh, off a bit of turnover um, and, and the one I'm going to harp on is the third goal um you know the the third goal really off a of a corner especially as tfc got themselves back into the game with a really nice finish from Mezu simenez um set up by luca petrasso um who was really the sort of the 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 lone real bright spot uh for tfc during uh the game yesterday uh and, and you know that that's but that third goal off the set piece which he did so well to win uh, sorry, Jaden Nelson did so well yeah. to win. Excuse me. Um, you know, it was uh, was a backbreaker, as sort of Bob Bradley alluded to, um, both at his halftime and post game uh, press conferences. And then shortly after that, giving up that fourth goal off some diabolical set piece defending um, really kind of sealed the deal for the game. And you can kind of see the guys. I don't want to say the shoulders necessarily dropped, but you definitely saw that they, you know, they thought it was going to be a uh, uphill battle. Um, for for them to get back into the game. Uh, and there you go, it ends 4-1. Um, but the question we're going to pose to everybody in the room, and again, we'd love to get your thoughts, is just what did you see went wrong for TFC yesterday on the pitch? Um, again, whether you were at BMO Field or you were watching at home, we'd love to get your thoughts. If you are on a Android device or if you're on your iPhone, uh, if you're looking at the bottom left-hand corner there, uh, you know, there is a request mic button. Go ahead and hit that. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, and then we'll bring you in. Yeah, we'll bring you in and get your, yeah, your yeah. thoughts on the game. But I mean, Mike, we got, we got but, two questions ahead of time when I, when I threw it. Okay, perfect. Um, and the first one is one that's on your rundown, and that's from 110 Special. And they ask, when does this team transition away from Bradley as a starter? And if I could answer, just, just open the answers. I think we already have. Um, I mean, him getting subbed off, Preso in the second half just last year would have caused shockwaves reverberating around all of TFC live. Now it's expected. It's not going to be instant. It's a slow process, but I would, I would posit that that process has already happened. And I wonder if you agree. Go ahead. Mike, yeah. um, well, this is something I think we've, we've seen coming. 
Um, we've had this discussion about, you know, when does this transition happen? Um, and you and Jeff, you're right. You know what? Both games, um, we've seen him get subbed yep. off. Um, deservedly so. Um, I think we as fans, regardless of, of what he's done, he, he's definitely losing a step. And we're seeing the, some of the passes. Like I, I touched on this last week. You're seeing him make more mistakes than we've seen him in the past. And it's not just mistakes that where the team can quickly recover. It's mistakes that are turning around and causing a bigger issue. And I think you're it, it's 100%. You know, the transition has started, but are we going to see sooner rather than later where he's maybe being the guy coming on later in the game at the 60th minute, at the 70th minute versus starting game and game? Very, out. very, very decent line of thought. Because I was just about to jump on you and say, you know, it's easy to call, it's easy to see fault in Michael Bradley when he's holding so much together. Um, with respect to, and I don't want to get into this. I'm just kind of hoping somebody comes in with this with this point. But considering they haven't already, I'm just going to go there. Um, you know, my biggest takeaway is this insistence of only having two center backs when our full backs are converted attacking players. Um, we should have five at the back, and if I don't see it the next game, I'm going to start throwing elbows. It's just not. There's just not <laughs> enough people to protect for their naivete. And I think that that goes around yep. the entire field. And of course, as a central defensive midfielder, as the number six in a single or a double pivot, Bradley's going to get found out. Even if it's prime Roma Bradley, there's far too much space for him to cover. Um, and nobody. And, and again, uh, you know, it can be argued that that the, the naivete is resulting in our in our fullback sort of shirking their defensive responsibilities, or they just don't know their their defensive responsibilities. But I do think. You know, Michael is getting a bit of scapegoating here because, of course, he's going to try to do too much because he cares. And uh, yes. and I, I think we saw that. And, and he tired himself out. And that's why his dad subbed him out. But, I, you know, do you bring Michael Bradley on to protect a lead or to chase a lead as a super sub? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, of, I'm almost of the mind that, that his ideal position is as a starter. But the second his legs start to go... You yank him, you know. There, that the hook comes out. But, but I- yeah. See, I'm I'm on the other side of that. I, I really don't think that Michael Bradley is an automatic pencil in starter every week. I, I still think he can start matches for sure. But I think you know, and, and as we kind of saw at the end of the game, and granted, this is partly down to circumstance of it being four one and late, and you know, you're, you're the game's essentially gone, but. You are this team is in transition, right? I, I saw a great tweet, I think it's from Ivan Kulis. I can't remember who tweeted that yesterday, but um, the, the sense that look, we're going to be a young team this year for the most part, right? Sprinkled in with some veterans. I mean, if you look at how we ended the game, uh, you know, between Achara, Akello, Chung, uh, Ralph Preso, and Lucas McNaughton, who were the Shout subs the, the, uh, in the, the second half. Debuts, I think. Yeah, double yeah. double Pacific FC yeah. debut. But amongst those guys, aside from Chung and McNaughton, who basically played game in, game out for Pacific over the last three years, there's less than almost barely over a thousand professional minutes between um, the three of them, right? So you're going to have these young players make mistakes. Yep. You're going to have, we're going to have to accept that over this year. And I think you saw that a lot yesterday. And I'm going to point directly to the third goal 
um, before I bring Emilio in. Um, but, you know, she, you know, the corner comes in um, and it's cleared by the Red Bulls and Schaffelberg tries to go for, you know, the left footed spectacular um, volley and he shanks it, which is fine. Um, I understand why you try to do that. But and Bob Bradley made a point of this in his um, postgame press conference. You know, Jaquiel Marshall goes to try to win that ball in, in the midfield um, against uh, Kabbalah. Um, and he just gets bodied off the ball, right? I, I know a lot of people were calling for a foul uh, on that play, and I didn't really see a foul. I saw what should have probably happened in most cases, a 17-year-old boy, right? He's still 17 years old, got bodied off the ball by a grown-ass yeah, man, absolutely. right? And, and, and away they went. And, and, and that is a situation where Bob Bradley kind of talked about you know, having learning to know when to be physical, lo- knowing when to play off and play the man. 100%. Um, in that case, Jaquiel probably is a little bit be- better off just playing the man. Um, okay, a, instead of going in for, going in for the ball. But before you bring before you jump in, Sean, I'm going to bring Emilio in, um, because he does have a point, and then definitely will come into your point. I just want to get Emilio's sort of question and point of view in here. Um, so Emilio, uh, I've brought you in as a speaker. Go ahead and just unmute yourself if you can. Um, or we might have just lost them, actually. Yeah, I mean, Emilio, if you want to just request them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very short guest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Emilio, if you, if you just want to go ahead and hit that uh, request mic button again, uh, we'll bring you in. But Sean, go ahead with your point. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else noticed this. On that same um, third goal that we, we, that we conceded, <laughs> the positioning of our team on a corner kick – you have. I have to wonder why everybody's been doing the. Hi. Yeah, we can hear yeah. you, Emilio. Just give us a sec. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Emilio. Just I'll, I'll be quick. Yeah. I don't know if any, everyone else knows, but the majority of the team we were basically in the final third. We didn't have one last defender sitting further back, closer to the center line, in case of a counterattack. Knowing the kind of team you're playing, Absolutely. that that takes advantage of those situations. Yeah. So. Bob Bradley, in my opinion, needs to own some of that mistake on how he's how he's defending how or how he's setting up the team in certain circumstances, right? And I understand it was at that time with two one, you're going for it, but it's still early in the game. It's first half. It's yeah, not the nineties, Sean. That's what the I, I would counter and say that's what the Red Bulls do, right? They lull you. I mean, that's their game plan to lull you into a sense. I mean, that's their whole mo is to is to create. Uh, transition moments like that so you can you can watch all the video you want but that is that is a classic red bull counter-attack goal right just finding you out and killing you on the counter so um you know i i I think absolutely uh, you know when when tactics go wrong um you know the, the the guys making the tactics have to have to answer some questions but i don't necessarily think that it's it's that binary of uh of a uh, admonishment of Bradley's ta- of Bob Bradley's tactics. I mean, you know, it's like defending Ariane Prime, Ariane Robin, right? And I always use right. this example. You know what he's going to do. Everybody does since he's, he debuted it. He's still going to do it, and he's still going to score a goal, right? Does that mean you're a bad coach, or does that just mean that Ariane Robin is amazing at his one move? And and I don't have the answers here, but but you know, every time we get we concede goals like this to to Red Bull Energy Drink Soccer. The, the general consensus is always the same. And, you know, that's, it's just what they do, man. That's why they're so frustrating to play against, 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Emilio, uh, we've got you on now. We can hear you. Uh, so go ahead with your question or your thought. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, so I was at the game yesterday. Uh, I was in 107 row one. So I was right there. I got to see everything up close. Um, brought a friend for his first TFC game ever. So it was a little distracting trying to explain everything. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, from what I saw, I can see that it's just what some some teams are doing right now through all these transfer window upgrades and stuff like everybody's getting to the younger crowd now we can see that the younger players are trying to step up but to have them go and try and match the the mold that's already there it's also a hard thing that's not going to happen in the, in two or three games like it's going to happen over time where everything starts to gel yeah. um i was on that left side uh i got to see what happened with uh, with uh, jacob schaffelberg i wish it didn't happen not sure it looked like yeah, something he extended maybe where he got hurt. So that that had me worried because he was defending oh, wow. well. He was making his runs like he usually does, but he couldn't get that last pass off, which was unfortunate because we all know we all know he's uh, very capable of making those nice passes into the box. Um, mm-hmm. I was very impressed with Petrasso. For me, he's my man of the match. Uh, because at one point in the game, we had switched him with uh, Jaden Nelson. He came to play on, on, on the left side. He was on the far right, and he almost did the exact same job. He was hustling back. He was going after balls. He was always open. Like, for me, definitely the man of the match. Um, I think we need to start getting the players to take their shots outside the box. There was at least... 100,000 There was at oh. least maybe five to six chances that... Uh, John Osorio had he had he had a few chances on the left side where he took the he was at the corner he would take the ball in and then freeze looking for a pass where he yep. already has that space in front of him I'm with the ball in yep yeah we've all talked about that like that's a big frustrating factor with TFC um, aside from that I think it is gonna just like I think uh, Mike had said it is gonna be something that takes a while it's not going to be easy to see if if we continue to play like this. But also, what New York had did to us was they closed the gaps, they closed the windows. They decided to play a four four two against us, and mm-hmm. that's how they that's how they beat us beat us in the middle of the field. We had all these open spaces, and and they exposed it. They exposed it completely. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely, Emilio. For me, for um, me, who who really hmm. impressed me on. On New York, which is rare for me to say this on on another team too, after they beat us, was um, Amaya. He was yeah. all over the midfield, and nobody covered him. The only person who I think was at least coming that close to that much movement on the field was when Rafi Priso came on. He was after yep. every single ball, and I agree with what Mike had also. I think Mike, or I think what Jeff had said was. Um, I personally believe that Bradley shouldn't be a starter. I wouldn't bring him in as a super sub because if you did, for me, I, my personal uh, opinion, a super sub comes in, in the last 15 minutes. I put him mm-hmm. at least maybe the last 25 because he can, he can at least build off of that. You're not going to have a, a fresh Bradley making a, an impact in 15 minutes. Okay. Emilio, thank you. Just, just, yeah. Few seconds. Uh, yeah. The first is, I mean, 
you know, the advantage of being a central defensive sub uh, in any game action, let's let's take the name out of this, is that you get to be on the bench and watch how the game states are moving, right? So, you know, obviously we're talking about the philosopher of football. So I could be convinced that a Michael Bradley sitting on the bench, champing at the bit to get in for the last 25 minutes with a laundry list of things that he wants to do and players that he wants to neutralize might be a very, very good idea. My second is a question to you, Emilio, and that is, when do you start pushing the panic button? I, I mean, you, you're saying all the right things and we're all saying the right things, but how long do we go um, game-wise with draws and losses? You know, knowing full well that we've got a interna- an elite winger coming in in the summer, when do you push the panic button? Like, when does when does good when does it not good enough for you personally? Uh, so, so with that coming in, that's that's hard because now our squad has changed the last time we've had somebody of his caliber, and that's going back to Seva. Yep. Um, and it sucks too because I. In my dream mind, I was hoping that Seva was going to sign or that we were going to get him up. And then it would have been a dream to see him and Insignia playing up top. Nobody would have stopped us. Those two playing in, in, in those spaces before the box, in the box, in between defenders, there's nobody who moves around like that. Not, a, not on our team. Who What Jimenez did today, uh, sorry, what Jimenez did yesterday, he was finding mm-hmm. those pockets. He was opening Absolutely. up. He was looking for that last-minute touch to go towards the net. Very intelligent footballer, I agree. Um, but with Insignia now, and with a completely different uh, squad that we had when we had Seba, plus a different management philosophy that we're going through for the season, it'll be hard because now you have to pu- you have to puzzle everything together. Um, Bradley, uh, uh, sorry, Bob Bradley, we obviously know is a great coach. He has followed his philosophy. It's worked for him. Um, now we have to get the team to be on board. Obviously, it's not going to mm-hmm. be an automatic instant, but we also have to get into account is Insignia's coming too, and we also have to get him into that uh, missing piece of the puzzle. So we could present the squad as it is, but if we have to wait for them until July and everybody gets used to one another until then and then he comes in the a lot of the club a lot, sorry, a lot of the club is going to realize shit this guy is out there like we all know mm-hmm. how how well Insignia plays but for him to actually show you on the field it's it's going to be different for them because now you have to have him not as a focal point but how do you how do you make it work so that he's helping while everybody else is adjusting now with this powerhouse coming in. Fair enough. Um, and Emilio, thank you. Thank you for your thoughts, man. Um, I really appreciate it. There's a lot for us to chew on. We do have a few other uh, speakers that want to jump no, in. So I'm going to uh, just send you back into the, uh, to the yeah. audience there. But you do make a good point there, Jeff um, and Emilio, just about sort of is there a moment where we pan – it's way too, way, 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 way too early to be panicking or yeah, even trying to. Yeah. yeah, like it's just, it's it's too early to be in that. I, I think it's even too early to be worrying about um, Lorenzo Insigne yeah. at this point. Um, because I think, look, I think we're talking about all sort of the things that went wrong in that first half. But there were actually things that went right, right? Like I, I still think this team is connecting really well um, in terms of, you know, connections, and I made some notes about it in sort of the rewatch, you know, looking at 
connections on that left side between Petrasso and Schaffelberg. Emilio, I think you're 100% right. Um, in terms of going forward, I thought Schaffelberg and Petrasso uh, connected on those overlaps. I will disagree. I, did, I actually think Schaffelberg wasn't that great defensively. Um, but uh, again, the idea in this formation is to get those guys up and providing you with both Schaffelberg and uh, Jaquil Marshall Ruddy. I mean, mm -hmm. and providing that with, I thought they connected well. I thought Pozuelo uh, and Jimenez were connecting well up top in terms of those sort of one touch flicks and, and trying to play each other into, into space. Um, Jimenez sort of disappeared at times, um, but when he was able to make those connections, I thought they were pretty decent. And again, that sort of connection between Pozuelo, Osorio, Jimenez, and really Petrasso on that left-hand side. A lot of the good things that were happening in that first half from an attacking perspective were on that left-hand side. Uh, you, you can see positive things there. The issue is that I think right now the balance when in transition moments and trying to defend in those transition moments is not there yet. And, and, and we've been talking about it, right? I, I think that, you know, that that's the bread and butter of the Red Bull system is being able to cause that chaos, get a turnover and immediately hit you on that counter. I think it's why they spent so much on getting Lewis Morgan um, from Inter Miami he's, last he's year. Was that a very, very could... good Red Bull player. My absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We have Jeff Vari here. So Jeff, I'm going to bring you into the conversation I'd uh, love to get your, if you unmute yourself there, love to get your thought or your question. So go ahead, Jeff. I think he's figuring out. Unmute. Oh, there we go. surprised me there. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Appreciate these calls all the time. Uh, a couple things I just want to say. Uh, I didn't leave the game yesterday being completely disappointed and uh, thinking that there's no future for this team or the season's going to be a write-off. You know, I think if you look Ooh. at the first two goals that New York scored, both amazing finishes and in a lot of games – you know, Bono saves one or the other one hits the post or goes wide. And I think if that yep. doesn't happen, we're looking at the game in a completely different angle. Um, because I think we, you know, we carried most of the play. Obviously, the problem is you got to react to their transition game. And I think, you know, going back to the point about the young fullbacks, I think the third goal is a perfect example where you have, like, I think defenders don't get enough credit because I think defending is an art. You know, you need yep, to absolutely. have spatial awareness. You need to understand what's dangerous. And so there should be alarm bells going off. And when Schaffelberg goes in on that ball, he's got to either put it in the stands or make sure it's in the corner. So he sort of, you know, kicks and it spins in the air. And then when Ruddy goes in, he should be the one fouling. He's trying to win the ball. He's the last man. He's got yep. to be going and making a foul instead of, you know. Yep. So I think – those kids may never get it. Defending is a completely different game than, you know, an attacking player. So I think they're, I think they will get it. And I hopefully, I think, you know, Bob Bradley's probably pointing all these things out to him every second of every day. But um, I guess there's the, the issue of can they get it and can they get it quick enough? Yeah, I mean, Jeff. Is, uh, is, oh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'll just jump into you just in terms of um, a, a couple of things you said there. I, I do agree that, you know, defending is an art form for sure. But I think I think we're look, I think we're jumping on these 
both of these guys a little too quickly. Um, remember, this is just for, mo- for for the most part at a professional level. This is just their second game as wingbacks. Yeah. Right. And and I think that we need to if this experiment, I guess I'll use the word experiment. I, I'm not sure it's an experiment more than this is just a way that Bob Bradley's going to want them to play. I think we need to give them time and we have to allow for margin of error. Uh, in terms of the way that they're going to play defensively. I, again, I, I point to Bob Bradley's point post-game press conference where he, had, you know, he admitted, right? Like, look, there were times where, you know, both Jacob and Jaquiel were a wrong side of their men. They yep. were, they were uh, at times having to make decisions and learning to make the right decisions uh, at the right time. And, and that's something that they're going to have to learn. Right, Jeff, I think we're going to have to give them time to figure that out and figure out what what right decision making and defending is going to be, because their natural instinct is to take that ball and attack space. Right. But what happens when they turn that ball over? What decisions do they make when, you know, they either try to make a pass or it's the pass after the pass that gets turned over motoring back? And where do I position myself and how do I, you know, where do I stand in relation to you know, the winger that's coming at me, do I stay in the inside? Do I force them outside? Those decisions take a lot of time to develop and those instincts. Yeah. And you're going to make those mistakes in game. They're they're, there. We're asking them to learn a new position on the fly in a year where we want to to, to forget everything they knew about the force, right. And embrace the darker, a a more measured (laughs) idea of the force. Like I'll tell you that I think it was Richie. Um, and I, I've never played soccer. I mean, I played it when I was younger and I picked daisies while, while the talented kids did, did cool stuff. But I remember a Richie article, or maybe it was an Oro article, where they were talking about the difference from just switching sides as a fullback, right? Like how the game is entirely in a different sector of your peripheral vision and everything's weird. It would be like trying to, trying to do handwriting with your left hand when you're naturally right-handed, right? Um, I, I think that... It, it, it's a big ask. It's a huge ask. And, and we, what we keep ignoring is that they're already so ahead of the game because of that natural recovery speed. Mitch on our show stresses this every time we get into some kind of conversation about the new fullbacks. And he's constantly reminding us that that latent recovery speed is more than 50% of the battle won already, just in terms of genetics. So, so we do have to, um, you know, we do have to be patient. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to, before I forget, I have two screen caps of comments on WTR that I brought up just for this. And one of them suggests um, that changing the structure and playing to player strengths might be better addressed after this week and last week's eye test. And I think that's dangerous because we have to be okay with these guys making howlers, you know, Schaff was one inch away from the same game saving tackle that he made on Dallas last week. Only this week it didn't work out, right? And it changed the whole the whole skin of the game. We have to be okay with this. I know it's a huge ask for us, and it's the timing is terrible because we just went through one of the worst seasons in club history. But it is it sort of is what it is. I, I wonder if anybody's got any thoughts on that. I know we've got somebody on the on the uh, on deck to come in. Yeah, for sure. And I'll bring them. Uh, I'll bring them in in a second. Um, but Jeff, I, I would also uh, Jeff Vary, I would also say um, that in both Jeffs, actually, this this comment is both for you. I, I think that 
if it's going to happen, this is kind of actually the best time for it to happen is early in the season. Um, you know, these guys are making mistakes and they have an opportunity, you know, before they start really getting into the heat of the season. And before we start talking about Insigne showing up um, mm-hmm. and at almost heaps another level of pressure on the team. But, uh, you know, they get an opportunity to make these mistakes now and they get into training on Monday. They, they, they get into the video room and they get to see, you know, where they can improve. It's better they're making these mistakes now than, I mean, if, we're, if they're making these mistakes in, you know, July, then we really need to have that conversation. Absolutely. But I think right now, um, I don't want to say we're 100% okay with them making these mistakes. We're not saying that, oh, well, they make mistakes. Ah, that's okay. Let's just move on. You know, but I think it's it's now that, you know, what we're going to see over the next yeah. month, two months is, are they going to improve? Yeah. Are they going to get better? Are they going to, are they going to move forward um, in terms of these, these, uh, these mistakes and these opportunities to, to get better? Yeah. Um, I, Jeff, I I'm like going to throw in one last thing. There. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I go agree ahead. with you 100% and I, I'm okay with it personally. Like this is the experiment and these kids could turn out to be superstars. Ideally, you would rather do one instead of both at the same time. I yeah. think that's, that's the, <laughs> yes, that's true. Right. And I think, and I think bringing in Dominico Crescito is going to help. I, I think that is going to help okay. that aspect. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, for right now, we're kind of have to ride and die with them. Um, and and to be perfectly honest, I think we're not in as bad a spot as we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I I do agree. Like, yes, when you can bring a Crescito in. Um, you know, uh, Jeff, I, I didn't think you might see that back three yeah. at times uh, come in. Whatever yeah. God you believe in. Because we <laughs> All right, Jeff, thanks so much for your thoughts. I'm going to just throw you back into the uh, the crowd there. But thank you for jumping in and, and participating. Thanks, we guys. really appreciate it. Um, okay, so we'll move him back in. Uh, we do have another speaker. So I'm just going to bring you in for a second. So TFC and you. So just give me a sec here while I bring you in. Is it okay. TFC and you like OU812, the Van, the Van Halen record, like TFC and you? Or is it TFC not missing the T? Well, he can tell us right now because I brought him in. So you're unmuted. So go ahead and give us a It's call. actually TFC, uh, Newcastle United. But um, uh-huh. um, but uh, never mind about Newcastle. I've been a fan for a lot longer than, <laughs> uh, than the Saudi owners have. Um, but just in terms of, of, of the game yesterday, I know a lot of attention is going to be on the young fullbacks, and I get it. They weren't perfect. They're not going to be perfect. But that's not the problem with the defense. <laughs> it just isn't. The problem's Michael Bradley. It has been for a while. Um, if you watch the U.S. national team play, and for all their flaws, they're a very good defensive side. They have two very offensive-minded fullbacks who don't do much defensively. But they've got Tyler Adams in front of that back four. Yeah, I was and, and, and probably go away because Tyler Adams gets into the channel and defends and supports those fullbacks. We've seen Schaffelberg and Marshall Ruddy on islands. That's a problem. You know, Marshall Ruddy's trying to defend on two on one. Yeah, probably not going to go very well. He's 17. <laughs> like, we need to be honest about this. If you don't, if you're going to play this system, and Berhalter and Bradley have the same system, it's a four three three. The six and the double eights and, and you know, yeah. get wide with your fullbacks, all that sort of stuff. It's the same system. If you're going to play that way. You better have six at defense. And Bradley at 35? I don't know that he can do it. So I think that's a lot of the problem. Well, I don't know if it changes. Darlington Nagby's house immediately. Exactly, exactly. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It, interesting. And Sean, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too. I know we have been talking about, you know, in the question in the rundown I have is, do we have to talk about Michael um, at this point? And the reason I brought that up was, yeah, there, you know, look, he still had moments and I made a couple of notes of this again, watching the game um, that, yeah, he was getting bodied off the ball really easily at times. Um, it feels like he, that sort of instinct that he used to have, um, where he would be able to sense somebody coming and be able to distribute the ball quickly has slowed. There were moments in the game where he definitely still had that, um, but there were critical moments in build-up, especially uh, uh, in the build-up to the second goal, where you know he got bodied off the ball, I believe, by Tom Barlow pretty easily, um, and it wasn't a foul. Like it wasn't a foul. It was it was it was good physical shoulder-to-shoulder play, but he was bodied off the ball and. and you know, he still has moments where he does intercept the ball really well, and he still does ping a really great ball. He still has the ability to find players in good spaces to allow them to turn to then attack space. But I think we do have to have a question on whether or not it's time to look at somebody like Ralph Preso to start more games. And I think maybe that might be the plan over time to sort of take Michael out of that starting position and put Ralph in a little bit more but you don't just throw him in. You kind of ease that transition. Um, but I think we do have to have that conversation because I think there, there needs to be a, a sort of, I don't know if changing of the guard is the right term. Oh, but I would call it that. I mean, my question to TFC Nut or TFC uh, Newcastle United is, <laughs> do you think Preso is the answer there or do you think it's, a, it's Noble, like the best version of Noble, the pie in the sky Noble? That's a good question. It's the best version of Noble. I don't think he's there yet, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, no, he's Noble. not there yet. He's Noble. not there yet. We, we also, to be fair to Noble, we haven't played. We haven't seen him play his natural position. True. Like, how many times has he actually come on and played as, as a six? Not often. Like that—that's his—that's his role. He's not an attacking player. No. <laughs> so, I, I, you um, know, I, I don't—I don't necessarily know about that. I mean, I—I I think yeah. yes, in the, in the academy and at TFC two, yes, he did play more as a six. I I one hundred percent agree with that. He does have, he really does actually, when he passes the ball forward, he actually, on his good days and on his good moments, really makes great forward passes. He really does and, and can sort of cut lines and, and cut people into attack and, and sort of kill play when, again, he's on his best version of Noble. Um, but I do agree that I would like to see him in that. I personally think um, Ralph, I, either as a six or an eight, um, he's probably better as an eight. He does wear the eight shirt this year. Um, mm-hmm. Is probably his best uh, position right now. So now we have to talk about how many eights we have versus how many sort of quasi sixes we have. Because correct me if I'm wrong, are we not asking Pause to play like a ten eight hybrid this year as well? And well, that's a, that. That's an interesting thing too because I'm you know I do think Pause is is not quite a ten. Um, and he's not quite an 80. He's kind of like a, he's kind of just a player that can, his best role almost is a free role, right? Um, but we're asked, and Bob Riley has made this point that he has asked him to play a more disciplined, structured role. And to certain times he's doing that, but I also think by design, certain times Bob's letting him be free. Um, and and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the the positives in the first half, which were, you know, there were moments where they were connecting and moving the ball very quickly and, and opening up a really great space, whether it was for Luca Petrasso or, you know, finding opportunities to try to slip in Jimenez. Sometimes that ball was really slow and didn't didn't quite 
you know, come quick enough to make the run. And and there were spots where they found Jaden Nelson, who I thought had a really positive game. I know there were, there were, it's hard to find positives in a four, a four, one loss. Um, but I thought was also positive as well. So I think that, you know, it, it's kind of making sure the players now have a clear idea of what Bob it wants and that it's coming, but you're not there yet. And that's okay. Because again, yeah. it's game two, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to have everything down perfectly right now. Um, but they're, you know, in that attacking third, again, this is the first half we're talking about. There were really great moments, I thought, where there were opportunities to to really damage the Red Bull. We just weren't in a position yet to be clinical enough to take those chances. That's a fair assessment. I, I am worried about Pozuelo. Um, I'm just going to put that out there because he I, he dis- he's disappearing so much for me. And then... I'm not. I'm not sure when he's wild and and when he just forgets about his zonal responsibilities and reverts back to that to that free roll and then gets lost. I mean, you can't have Bradders going uh, too forward and Paws going too deep in the same game against a, a high pressing team, right? Like then your your midfield battle was lost before before it even started. So I I just you know again it's it's week two. I hope that the cobwebs get shake, shaken out. But I'm not, I'm not, I mean, the, the consensus on WTR's board with respect to pause as, a, as an eight is almost uniformly like the sky is falling scorched earth kind of takes. And, and I'm not going there yet, but, you know, I just, I, I feel like this system may not be the best system for Pozuelo and, and it hurts to say that. Sean, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this um, because we've talked about this before in terms of Pozuelo's role um, in this new sort of setup, right? Um, a four-three-three, which look four-three-three in, in formations are kind of how games start out. They don't usually tend to end up that finishing that way, or they they tend to morph throughout a game depending on the game state. But um, just want to get your thoughts on sort of just the idea of because look, I, I think in 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 last week. Uh, in the second half, Pozuelo looked good in sort of that more disciplined role. Like he was tracking back, he was making tackles, he was being able to be active on the ball and, and was pushing the team forward in a positive way. Um, but Sean, I'd love to get your thoughts. I think part of the problem is it, it, the difference between last week's game and this week's game is the type of team you're playing against. Absolutely. I think it allows him a little bit more with, with the structure style that um, Bob wants them to play in a game against um, FC Dallas where you're not being, you know, you don't have such an attack minded counterattacking team. You, you can kind of adjust and, and, and play the system works better for him in a, against a team like FC Dallas, basically Absolutely. in a game like um, yesterday where, you know, the first like 20 or so minutes, basically before, even up until it was two one, the team looked good. Everyone was, you know, was still uh, giving their all. People were still fighting for each other, it seemed. But I think once that third goal, there was, you kind of, uh, he wasn't the only one that disappeared. There was quite a lot of players that I felt just kind of disappeared and weren't really effective. And I think that's part of the problem is that with pause, when things aren't going well for as a team, that's when he becomes even more invisible. Um, Versus, you know, when he first came to the league, he was just looking to do whatever he could. I think now it's just a different time. And I don't think like, I do think it, it is something we do have to watch out for because, you know, we do need him to be able to adjust to different 
games, different styles, you know, when, you know what, we are playing more of a defensive because the team's pushing and pushing. We need him to be able to be more drop back and help yep. out more and be more engaged. So it will be interesting to see how things develop. But I think at the end of the day, it's again, it's only the second game of the season. So there's so many things we can pick at, but maybe we need to ch- kind of, you know, just sit back a little. You know, let okay. the young guys who are learning their defensive positions, let them learn. It is the hardest thing they can do is to learn on the fly, but they're also professionals and they've got a skill that none of us have that I think they'll be okay. And and, and I, I echo that, Sean, and maybe this is a question to the room. So again, I'd love to get uh, thoughts. I think we'll go for another sort of 15, 20 minutes here um, before we wrap it up. But um, question to the room, you know, just in terms of, how you know how much patience do you think as a fan you'll have um with the team again it's game two it's game two so i I am preaching patience um but it's fair if you feel like you know you want to see this team progress a little quicker um so if you have a a thought or a comment yeah if you have a thought or a comment um please hit that uh that mic request button in the bottom left hand corner we'd love to get your thoughts tfc newcastle i'd love to get your thoughts you know how patient are you going to be in terms of uh, the team going forward over the next, let's call it the next month in a bit. Oh, I'm patient for now. I don't, I, I, my, my whole thing is, is, you know, keep yourself in touching distance for July and then see where the team is, see who's coming in. I don't know who's coming in with Insigne. I assume it won't just be him. You know, if they're, if they're 10th, 11th in the East at that point, I'm fine with it. Wow. Oh, okay. And, and Jeff, yeah, how about you? I'm coming to TFC nut after every game. Just <laughs> well, Jeff, how, how like how how patient are you going to be? Like, I mean, look, look, we we don't know. Like, the results could turn next week, right? They they go and have a great week of training. They go into the video room. They see sort of what was happening here, here, uh, in this game, and they and they turn it right. Here's the, the the worst timeline thought that is slowly creeping into my mind. We spent a lot of money, and we turned over this roster exceptionally over the off season. Was it enough? Are we still playing square peg round hole? I realize that MLS makes this kind of stuff impossible, but we had a hell of an off season where we kind of threw caution to the wind. I mean, what, what's the final tally? Like, was it 17 exactly players that aren't back this year or did it end up higher than that with, uh, with them? Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, in a, in a, yeah. In and around that. I mean, like right, right now, I think you ended up with 14 from last year back. Um, so, but, so you know, yeah. we were brutal, but were we were brutal enough because I mean, are we asking pause to, to, are we asking pause to do something he's incapable of doing? And if so, should we have maybe been brutal about bringing Pozuelo back? Because my fear is this, I, I, I'm, I am preparing myself for a two, 2015 season. Um, so, you know, Lorenzo is going to come in and, and be Lorenzo, but how, are we going to figure any of this stuff out? And if so, what was this for? Because I want brutality. I like Mavinga getting uh, put on the bench for game two or subbed out at the half last game. I like um, the, the brutal honesty that we're getting from Rob Bradley and his pressers. You know, Mike Thing, who's, who's listening right now, brings it, brings it back for us on the daily. And, that's, and it's refreshing to see this no-nonsense, no-holds-barred. But at the end of the day, it's, it's put up or shut up, right? Like, if we still got our blind spot, I'm worried how many blind spots we have. Like, is Pozuelo our new Josie? Is, um, and again, I don't like going down this route, but I'm very worried what happens um, to this team in 
in the in sort of the pitchfork mob sensibility if Lorenzo comes in and we're still at tire fire and we haven't figured things out and we're giving too many chances because at that point the, se- the season's half over so if you know at one point do you pull the plug on experiments at what point do you say you know what we tried but this isn't good enough um I don't have those answers and I don't necessarily know if the club has those answers either so um, where he's coming from. Yeah, I, I, I think that it, it's not an invalid worry. I would say this. I think the point or part of the point of this season uh, of, of the, the way that the team is structured and the way that they're going forward, at least in the first half, we'll, we'll see what happens when the summer window opens up. But they are using this first half of season to get a lot of those young players in. Look, look, I'm looking right now at the starting lineup and then the players that came in, there were one, two, uh, three, well, in terms of young players, let's look at this. One, two, three, uh, four, five, five homegrown players that played yesterday at some point, whether they started or whether they um, came in as a substitute. The previous uh, the previous iterations of Toronto FC at the senior level, and I do shout out, I do see Raheem Edwards and uh, yep. Jordan Hamilton in the room, so shout out to both. But, you know, they were exceptions to the rule in terms of getting young players into the 11 and getting them real minutes. Um, and, and now we're, we're seeing there is a concerted effort by Bob Bradley to use the Academy to, to get players into the 11. And in a way the, the roster build is use your Academy to fill in most of those roles. And then you go out and you go into whether it's Europe or South America and you find those players to, you know, to be that bigger impact, right? To be that big impact uh, signing, whether it's a Lorenzo Insigne, you bring in a Salcedo, um, you find a Pazuelo, you know, that's what you're using the academy to do um, is to find those roles. And I think we, this is something that TFC fans, a lot of hardcore TFC fans have been asking for for years right so now we can't turn around and say well i'm gonna give up on the team by you know if i don't see them in a playoff spot by the end of may then forget it scrap the project right that's kind of what we did last year right and look you you know chris armis you know yes it was a tire fire it was it didn't work but we can't in, in this particular project in the way that they're building the squad i don't think you can just throw it away because we're not in a playoff spot by the time Lorenzo Insigne comes here in July, right? I think we have to ride this out. And I think we have to be okay with Jaquil Marshall Ruddy making mistakes at times. And Luca Petrasso, because look, Luca Petrasso had a great game today. He might start next week and it's just, it doesn't quite come off. That doesn't mean that we just toss him to the heap and that's it, right? That's going to be a part of young players developing as senior footballer yeah and i think we're gonna have to be okay with that for this year i think the real project the real kickstart is going to be next season and i know tfc fans don't want to hear that they want to hear that we're going for we yeah we're we have now come accustomed to this team always saying we're out to win trophies right we're out to compete and get to the playoffs and hopefully get to mls cup final and the big one we all want to go back to champions league and try to win it right but to get there, you need to take the baby steps. And right now we're kind of in that baby step stage, 
where yeah. we're, we're, we're bringing in Jaden and we're giving him full-time minutes and we're bringing in Jaquiel and we're giving them full-time minutes and we're bringing in Luca Petrasso and he's a player. I think we should start be giving them full-time minutes. Right. And with that, there are going to be mistakes. And with that, there are going to be ugly games like this. Yeah. And we're going to have to ride that wave. And, and, and I know, again, that's not something TFC. I know I'm going on a little bit here, so I'm going to stop I'm, in a second. I'm freaking but... out because Jay Hams and Raheem the Dream are listening to us speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to go, and they're going to go say, this, this dude came out here and he said, you suck. I didn't say they suck. Okay. I don't <laughs> no, I'm, I'm playing. But like, look, I, I just think that right now, this was a bad result against a team that doesn't play like a lot of other teams in the league. Right. And that's a result that you may get when you're trying to develop a system of play and you're not quite there yet in terms of grasping all the concepts. They're going to come. I think they're going to come. I think this team in July, August is going to be very different than the team we saw yesterday. And I think it's going to be good. I actually think this team can be really good playoffs. We'll, we'll (laughs) see, but in terms (laughs) of what, but in terms of what this team is going to be, I'm actually from what I saw in the first half and what I saw once Ralph and Noble especially came in, in terms of going forward, I'm pretty confident on where this team might be going. You guys may have a different point of view, but that's that's me. No, no, Mike, I think you expressed it so eloquently. We are uh, we are candy for the Red Bulls right now. And I think we're going to regret every game we face them for the next little while because they are the perfect yin to our yang in terms of 4-1 results against us. Um, they're going to exploit every weakness that we have, and that's just the way it's going to be for the next little while. Um, and and the carry all the, the carry away the positive here is that Philadelphia. I mean, maybe Philadelphia is a bad choice, but Inter Miami is not going to be able to pull a Red Bulls. Right? They can watch all the film that they want, but they'll look like TFC with Chris Armas at the helm if they try. So you know, this this may be an outlier, right? Like the the, the energy drink kind of soccer maybe is going to clean our clocks for a little bit. But it isn't an easy thing to replicate. It's not like any other team can come in and go, oh, the game plan is to just be very, very young and have amazing engines and just press the hell out of the team. Not a lot of teams can do that, so take some comfort in that. And I think we also need to take a step back. And we did, there, we did lose a lot of guys from last year. There's a big transition happening right now. And we haven't filled all those 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 spots because I think part of the reason is we want to see what these young guys really can bring to the table. And I think most of us have seen them, you know, we've seen them come on last year and times before, and we've seen them play moments where we know they have the ability. Bob Bradley is going to give them that chance to truly develop. So I think we as fans are going to have to understand there will be some tough games like yesterday, but there is a game plan. They do have a, a focus. You can't in in that offseason there was absolutely no way the team could turn around and fix everything in one shot. It just could not happen. No, it's and Bob Bradley yeah, yeah, and Bob Bradley's mentioned that in, in enough press conferences where it looked like this team is not built yet. It's not done. You know, they're it's gonna take it may take up to two or three more windows to really see what this team is fully going to be in its right. final form, if you want to put it that way. Um, and, and, and oh, sorry, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. I think what the biggest thing we as fans have to remember, yeah, we, we had a big splash DP signing that him alone isn't winning us all these trophies. 100%. We need a, 
we need a proper core around him. So we need to slow down and realize that even when he comes in this summer, we're still like we could be a playoff team, but we still are not going to be a favorite to win it all. It's going to take them time. Even for him to come, he may start out great, but then he may go on a slump. We don't know. So fans need to just like this season, whatever good can come out of it is, is really all we can hope for. We can't stress over the bad things because we will see some bad times over the next few, few months. And you have to ride, you just have to ride it out. It's going to, it might not be pretty like yesterday, but you know, last week we went on the road and we got a result and a good result. Exactly. So we have to, you know, we have to take the good with the bad that there's going to be a lot of that this year. Um, If I could just, I'm taking a look a little bit ahead here um, as we're going to probably wrap up in the next five minutes or so, but if anybody else has any other thoughts, um, or any questions for us, go ahead, hit that mic request button. I'd love to hear your thoughts um, before we wrap up the show. Um, but looking ahead to the schedule um, right now, it is not easy. This is not going to be an easy period. Um, really, if you look at it, over the next three games, it's Columbus away, it's DC United and NYCF home back, uh, at home back-to-back. Um, that's, a t- that's a tough schedule because DC United are much improved from last year. Um, Columbus are Columbus, uh, and they're starting to look like the Columbus that won the cup. Um, and then NYCFC are champs. So, you know, that, that's a tough stretch. And even if you stretch a little bit further, you know, um, you, you don't, there's no breaks in terms of opponents until you get to the end of April, when you have Cincinnati home and away back to back. Um, so, in, and when I say breaks, I mean, there's no breaks, but you know what I mean, right? In terms of just, you know, teams that you're looking at, like, yeah, that should be three points. Um, How much did they it, beat us by on, on every occasion last, last season? Well, you know, <laughs> right? Like, you know, but so I think that um, we're going to have to pack a lot of patience uh, and we're going to have to see if this team can, you know, from game to game, continue to develop because Bob Bradley's showing us he's going to play these young players and he's going to, to he's going to put them out again. I don't think you're going to run into a situation like last year where you know you start some of the young players and then as things start to go pear-shaped, they all sat on the bench yep. and you just yep. brought in a bunch of veterans because you don't have a ton of veterans to just go lean on, right? Uh for this. They're gonna to have to ride it out a little bit, uh, you know, over this this next little stretch. Yep. If Absolutely. only we had Jordan Hamilton to to sub in as a super sub and we had Raheem pinging passes like a number 10 to our to our well Raheem though I I bugged him on his Twitter being like oh I hope you come home (laughs) but we all wanted him to come home come on I I watched him again yesterday I was just like he should be wearing red again (laughs) so frustrating it was not you know but you know what I'm so happy how things are turning out for him and he deserves all the, the praise he's getting. So good on you, Raheem. You know, we, you, you still got love here and you always will have love here. Yeah, Absolutely. Both of you, both of you will have love here. Oh yeah. Always. No doubt. Always. No doubt. Um, okay. Those hat trick that came. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. We've got one more request. Um, uh, so we'll bring him in. Um, I realized uh, TFCNU, uh, I have left you on a speaker, so I am going to throw you back into uh, the audience, but thank you so much for your thoughts. Uh, Big Country Footy, I'm going to bring you in in a moment. Go ahead. You'll be our last uh, speaker for uh, today. But we may, of course, we bury the lead. We're going to do this a lot more regularly with a rotating uh, group of guest hosts because 
this is important. It's it's group therapy, and we love doing this. And absolutely, absolutely. So, Bing Country Footy, go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, give us your thought or question. Hey guys, yeah, Big Country Food Footy here um, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, Steve Hempel, real name, TFC fan. Uh, watched the game yesterday, but also a Pacific fan. So I'm excited to see the debuts of. Uh, absolutely, you should be. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> backflip. Caden and. Uh, Lucas uh, getting a getting a run in, but I uh, was, you know it was hard to say him, him coming on uh, Caden coming on after the game was lost and um, Red Bulls were were not uh, pressing they were just seeing out the game so it's really hard to judge fully but from what we saw um, it made a big difference right back right away and uh, mm-hmm. had some really good touches so I'm. I'm wondering if he gets to start the next game and we see him uh, given a chance to kind of make that his uh, the starting position over the next little while. I think... Uh, Honestly, yeah. I don't. Uh, I think we're all in on this experiment and Red Bulls is an outlier, right? Like, they, they're going to get exposed by Red Bulls. So I think in terms of their own confidence, our new, our new outside backs, it might be a mistake to replace them as starters for the next round. Give them a chance to sort of feel themselves out. I'm just looking at the schedule. Who do we play next? We play hey, Columbus away. Columbus like, away. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you know, maybe my... sit sitting in a yeah. nice back four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just. I just don't. I, I find. Ahead, think, yeah, I'll jump in quick. I just think the team has a lot of investment in in Jaquil. so I just think they're gonna keep riding him. Until he just like it, it, basically until he either gets it or doesn't. Um, he they his leash might not be long game in game out, but I just you know Caden Chug look I think did not look out of place at all. Both him and McNaughton, you know what they are show, showed to me that you know what guys from the CPL can make that step up to the MLS level. Well, Mind you, it wasn't a full it wasn't a full ninety. It wasn't so you know we have to take that into factor. And the game was pretty much done at that point, but they, neither of them looked out of place, but I still don't believe that the team, I just don't think he's going to get that start over him. At least, you know, there might be the occasional time, give him a rest, but that's, um, Jaquil's spot. To lose. Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't think it's a negative thing that, that, that their positions, their, their sort of penciled and starting positions with Pacific have kind of morphed into being the dependable guys at TFC to close out games. I think that that's actually kind of a net positive for what they achieved at the CPL. I know everybody wants to see them come in as starters, but there is an investment in, in these young guns. And, and like Sean said, I think, I think the emphasis has to be, especially this early in the season on, on, on having them kind of feel themselves and, and the confidence that we get from bringing in Caden to sort of clean up any mistakes in the second half, and certainly Lucas. And, and again, you know, Charlie O'Connor-Clark has said this, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hat-tipping to him. You know, Lucas is our, is our Nick Hagelin adjacent. So um, he could solve a whole lot of problems that we have in terms of attacking set places uh, just by getting on the end of a ball. He almost had a chance yesterday. But exactly. With a bar. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think he's champing at the bit to get in there and prove himself as an attacking center back in those in those uh, dead ball situations so it's a good it's a really good problem to have well big country i got a question for you because obviously you watched a lot of pacific um yep. over the last couple of years 
Um, I actually think Lucas McNaughton has a better chance of getting a start sooner in the season than Caden does potentially. Um, but we'll have to get your thoughts on just in terms of what you think both bring to TFC um, as somebody who's watched Pacific uh, quite closely over the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think you're, you're, you're right. Uh, Lucas is, he's old, uh, older and certainly, um, you know, re- realizing he's got to take every single chance he's, he has, and he seems to be uh, stepping up every, uh, every season he plays. So I can see his ceiling uh, growing. And like you said, I think he's, you know, um, a, a Haglund, sort of a, the third center back, um, you know, will cover for injuries and stuff like that. That would be a great success for him this, this year. Um, but I think with uh, Oro and uh, Luria going, you know, we have we have a real problem at right and left back right now. And, um, you know, in that right back position, you know, I, I, I get it. Everyone's high on JMR. I want him to succeed. He's a long, long way from an Alfonso Davis at this stage, um, you know, and he's going to get some chances. But how many uh, how many thrashings do we have to be on before we we we, uh, we change that tack? That's my worry. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm more. <laughs> I know people are a bit of a Toronto fans. It's like a rebuilding years are okay. Um, you know, I come from Celtic uh, blood, and uh, you know, you, you lose three games in a row, and it's a crisis. And, uh, right, but here's the thing: we lost one game, and it wasn't as if JMR and Schaffberg were the only bad players in yesterday's game. They, amongst many players, made mistakes. And yeah. again, this is no not like I believe that Caden Chung and and Lucas McNaughton will get plenty of minutes and are going to show, like I said, that CPL guys can play in the MLS. Mm-hmm. But and again, one thing I think people need to stop is this comparison to Alfonso Davies. They're two yes. different players. One hundred percent. Get that conversation ended. Period. But Jaquil is still a special player, and the upside that he brings. Like again, we're converting somebody. Like the difference between him and Caden is Caden is more of a defender. Yeah, Jaquil sure. is not. So when you know that you can, you have somebody that you can bring on if things aren't going well, like I said, Jaquil's leash might be a lot shorter simply knowing you have somebody that can step in if things aren't going well. But they're going to ride him out, right? And I don't think the team is going to, like, allow it themselves to be losing game in, game out before they make adjustments and they make changes. And I think one of the factors, like, like um, Mike said, is – um, Lucas being a center back, they might switch to a three-man back. That'll allow them to make adjustments and, and bring in him a lot, probably quicker as a starter than, say, um, we see Caden Chung. But that, again, is not no slight to Caden. It's just that I just think the team is, again, has is focusing on allowing Jaquil to develop and learn from his mistakes. Yeah, and I think part of that development is going to be the, the idea of selling him on. Right. Yeah. Like the, 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 the whole point of this in terms of pushing him and getting him minutes is that his transfer value goes up so that they can then get 20, 25 million from Liverpool or, you know, one of the other clubs that he trained say, at over say, the off season. No, no, say it. Say my club's name. Come on. Buddy. <laughs> no, no, well, or Arsenal. He's going to my club. Leave it alone. Liverpool it is. Done. There's no, going to be an, an interesting, interesting comparison. I think if you look at, uh, 
Caden uh, Chung, you know, three seasons in CPL. Mm-hmm. He's only 22, so he's still very young and, uh, you know, got a lot of growth potential as well. But um, that the model of a, a young player developing for three seasons in, in CPL um, versus, you know, TFC Academy on the training field and yep. not getting real competitive very, professional very games. It's, yeah. a, it's an interesting comparison to see yeah. which one works better. Well, I mean, we're going to get a real life example, um, you know, with uh, with Luke Singh right now. He's off on loan at FC Edmonton. I mean, it, it's going to be he's going to be doing a lot of defending this year. Um, <laughs> but but, um, you know, but, you know, we're going to we're going to see that to see if he can make that jump and improve because he was. Let's be real here. He was forced into playing due to the mountain of injuries we started the season off with last year. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see that pathway, uh, you know, uh, in real life uh, with Luke saying, well, big country, thanks so much um, for your thoughts um, and for participating today. Really appreciate it. I'm going to throw you back into the audience. I think we'll, we'll sort of wrap up. We've gone a little bit over an hour here. Um, but guys, I will sort of throw it to, to Jeff and Sean, um, any last thoughts here before we wrap up the show today? This was excellent, Mike. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I look forward to, to being on it again with both of yeah. you guys, Sean and Mike, this was, this is exactly what I wanted to do, which is listen to, to TFC live and, and some hot takes and some not so hot takes and some, some proper, some proper dialogue. And I, I, I personally feel a lot better about yesterday as a consequence, so. Well, I got to thank you, Jeff. It was your idea to open it up versus the three of us just rambling. And I think that was a great idea. Um, and I definitely, it was a pleasure to finally put a face to the voice. Oh, and I the know. Name. We yesterday, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of that yesterday. A lot of like, hey, I've talked to you online, but now I get to meet you in person, uh, yeah, which is pretty dope. So I hope that if there's other listeners out there that, you know what, as we all get are going back to the games, Come say hello to any of us. We want to get to know who you are versus just what we do here. You know what? It's important that we as fans engage with each other as much as possible. And we're finally back the way we wanted to be back. So I'm just happy. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. Take that as your positive aside from Luca Petrasso's performance uh, from yesterday. Um, but everybody, thank you so much for joining again. Uh, you guys are amazing all the time coming in and giving us your thoughts and and uh and listening to us uh we'll be back um doing another show um what i hope to do next week uh is do a post-game reaction show so for away games we'll do a reaction show sort of right after uh final whistle probably give it you know 10 to 15 minutes after uh final whistle uh and jump on here and, and get some thoughts and at home matches hopefully what we'll do is do a show the day after um once we you know sober up a little bit um, and and you know and, and, and especially when you're in the seat sometimes you know there's a, a lot of things going on yeah, I mean, especially remember, when, remember when we tried to do it live from BMO on that yeah that was that was that was a disaster <laughs> but um, we hope to do these um, and engage with you guys more um, again thank you uh, enough, I can't thank you enough for for listening in um, my name is Mike Newell you can find me at football saves here on uh, the Twitterverse uh, Jeffrey P. Nesker, you can follow him at Jeffrey P. Nesker. Uh, and then Sean, uh, you can follow Sean at Sean Anthony Levy uh, here on Twitter as well. But again, guys, thanks so much for listening in. Enjoy your Sundays, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great day, everyone.
you waiting for me to say something? Bye. <laughs>